G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Reset, reset. Don't keep doing the same things expecting a different result. And welcome. This is Today with Jeff Vines. We're continuing to reset our life. Pastor Jeff is bringing us encouragement from the book of Romans and the example of Paul in how to reset our lives, not to obey the rules of a religion, but to reflect the person of Jesus. What a time to push the reset button, to know Christ, to meet Him, to come close to God, because as I achieve that goal, Everything else will be added unto me. This is Today with Jeff Vines, and we continue Reset Your Life. C.S. Lewis had an incredibly sharp intellect. He was an atheist that came to the end of his life, the end of himself, rather, and turned and gave his heart over to Jesus. And in one of his works describing his conversion, he says, you must picture me alone in that room, not after night, wanting that burden in my mind to be lifted even for a second. The steady, unrelenting approach of he whom I earnestly desired not to meet, that which I had greatly feared had at last come upon me. In the Trinity term of 1929, he says, I finally came in and admitted that God was God and I knelt and I prayed. Perhaps that night, the most dejected and reluctant convert in all of England. That was the last line in the last paragraph on which he records his conversion moment. And then the first line of the next page and next chapter reads this. I thought I was coming to a place. I found out. I had come to a person. When you come to religion, you come to a place. When you come to Christ, you come to a person. And the best news about that revelation is this. He's always watching you. Always. Every single moment. And when you realize that is not a threat, but a promise, everything changes. Which is why the Apostle Paul said in Philippians 3, 7, Whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I've lost all things. What a time to push the reset button and to say, there should be to know Christ, to meet him, to come close to God, because as I achieve that goal, Everything else will be added unto me. What is the goal of your life? Jesus. Two, how can I achieve the goal? As you push the reset button to aim at heaven and get earth thrown in, the second thing you need to do is press into the goal. The apostle Paul says this, once his goal changed, once it became Christ, he said, not that I have already attained it, but I press on. I love that word. 
press on. Imagine a runner stretching for the tape after the 100-meter sprint, and his arms are flailing and his face is contorting as he reaches for the finish line. Every muscle is focused on one ultimate objective. Now, stay with me. When I talk about this passage, I always mention a friend of mine, Keith Turner. We played basketball together in high school. And some of you may find this humorous, but Keith Turner actually wanted to be the first Elizabethan cyclone to dunk a basketball in a high school basketball game. Now, the game has evolved a lot in the last 30, 40 years. So you go to a high school game, a good high school game, you're going to see a number of dunks. But back in the 70s and 80s, they were rare. But Keith Turner decided he was going to be the first one at our school in a game. A lot of us could do it in practice, but in a game, in traffic. He started putting a white piece of athletic tape on the backboard. And every day after practice, beginning with his freshman year, he would do the weights and do a thing called the jumper where you would build your thighs and your jumping muscles, supposedly. I think it broke your back more than it built your muscles, but he was convinced. And he would jump and touch this piece of athletic tape on the backboard. And when he could do it 10 times in a row, he would raise the mark just a little bit. And then after he could do that 10 times, he would raise the mark a little more. He did that over the course of three and a half years so that by the time the end of his junior year, that piece of tape was on the top of the square. And then his junior year, my senior year, we were playing Sullivan Central in a regional final and I got the rebound and I did what coach told me to do. I pivoted to the outside and I gave him a a power pass to midcourt where he was waiting. And he turned and he dribbled five big dribbles, leapt somewhere around just inside the free throw line and with two hands shattered the backboard because this was before breakaway rims. It was so thunderous that the other team even celebrated what they had just seen. And most of us just cried because we knew and understood the mark that he had established and the work that it had taken to achieve what he had just achieved. See, that's the thing. You don't just drift into this. Your primary objective is to know Christ, to pursue heaven and earth gets thrown in. But to do so means that you're going to have to set the mark higher and higher and never give up. Mother Teresa, another one of my favorite quotes, toward the end of her life, she says this, may I truly obey you starting today to be a courier of your love your grace to a hurting world. Because up to now, I've really done nothing. Wow. Up to now, I've done nothing. This is the Mother Teresa who had won the Nobel Peace Prize, who had made great strides in mercy and compassion, helping the poorest of the poor in the streets of Calcutta. And she gets to the end of her life and she says this, may I start doing good things now because up to now, I've done nothing. But this is what people who live extraordinary lives do. Every new day, they have a fresh desire in their hearts, a never-ending compassion, an all-consuming objective to press into their pursuit and to raise the bar just a little higher every day. Most of you are aware that my dear friend, Dr. Ravi Zacharias, passed away. It has been a hard journey for someone who's influenced you for a mentor to fade away. People are asking me, what was it like to be a friend of Ravi's or what was it like the first time you met Ravi? And they, they wanna know, please tell us, Ravi's gone, but we know that you were close. Tell us about Ravi. I remember the first time I met him, 
It was in 1999 in the offices of RZIM in Atlanta, Georgia, and I walked in and I spent about two and a half hours with Ravi and almost immediately you knew there was something different. I've been in meetings with pastors before, large gatherings and small gatherings, and I've noticed that we pastors are just like everybody else. There's a certain pecking order that everybody looks to when we come together. We have the feelings of insignificance just like the rest of the world. We struggle just like the rest of the world. We have our good days and bad days. But not Ravi. Ravi makes you feel like you're the only person in the world. There is something that just glows. He reflects the love, the mercy, the depth of God. And finally, on our third or fourth meeting, I asked him a question and I said, Ravi, you just seem to be so different. In fact, the conversation with Ravi never disintegrates into something that is off color or should not be discussed. He always seems to maintain the high road. And I asked him, as a young pastor, I got to ask you, how have you achieved what you've achieved in your life? How is it that you just shine with the glory of God? How is it that you've been able to maintain this incredible character and integrity? And he looked at me and he said this, Jeff, one passage from the Old Testament, one passage from the New Testament every morning. And then I walk and contemplate what I have read and ask the spirit of the living God to speak to me and guide me that day. I thought it was going to be something so profound, but it's something so small. And then I began to realize the older I got, if you try to be humble, you won't be. If you try to be forgiving, it's too hard. If you try to be patient, if you try to have self-control, if you try to be merciful, that's not how these things happen. They are the natural byproducts of something else. As you commune with God daily, one day suddenly you wake up in your 30s or 40s and you realize you're humble. You're forgiving, you're patient, you're merciful. Not because you're trying to be, because that's who you have become. I thought of the African proverb, little by little makes a bundle. As you stack piles of wood, as you stack the knowledge and wisdom of God into your life, one day you become. The goal is reached. You know him, he knows you. You see, the question is, how are we going to get from here to there when the ultimate loftiest goal is to know Christ and to experience his power so that everything about our life changes. You got to get out of the flow. You got to change your goal. You got to press into it then with daily habits. And the Bible says, then and only then will all these things be added unto you. Listen, this is not rocket science. The person who begins each day with devotion and prayer, who talks to God throughout the day, who listens to worship music in their car or at home to impact the senses and the emotions, who becomes aware of the presence of God in every circumstance in any given day, that is the person who gets earth thrown in. And if you press into those things, here's what will happen. You will find the touch of the master's hand. Why? And then a mediocre life will be transformed into an extraordinary life because Listen carefully now to these next two statements. With the calling of God comes the power of God to assist those who are living in obedience to Christ. Let me say it again. With the calling of God comes the power of God to assist those who are living in obedience to Christ. You are obeying Christ. 
You have the knowledge and the wisdom of Christ. God releases that power for extraordinary living. Second, with the knowledge of God comes the wisdom of God to achieve ultimate victories. So as you sit in the presence of God, you gain the wisdom of God, and then you make right decisions at the right time in the right place that leads to a victorious life. And it happens through relationship. I, I got a good friend. His name is Mike. He's, a, he's an incredible entrepreneur. He's very good at leadership, and he's very good at it because it is Christ-centered. He models the leadership lessons that Jesus gives us. He applies those into his life. It's how he leads his life, his family, and his business. He's a very wealthy man, although he did not pursue wealth. He pursued Christ and made business decisions based on Scripture. Now, I like to hang out with Mike because I want to be a better leader. And I notice as I hang out with him, I gain wisdom and guidance. Sometimes it's just one phrase that he'll make. He thinks I don't hear it because I'm so ADD, but I hear it and I'm listening to it all the way home. How do I apply this? See, that's why the Apostle Paul said, not that I've already attained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press into it. I press on. He says, I press into Jesus and Jesus presses into me. This is Today with Jeff Vines from Romans and from the lives of those who have pressed reset. We're hearing about changes we can make to gain an extraordinary life in God's power and wisdom. Here's Pastor Jeff with more. So what is the goal of your life? And how can I achieve the goal? The goal is Jesus. And how do you achieve it? You press into Him through the daily habits of your life. And third and finally, but Jeff, what if I fail? Because I've tried this game before. And the answer is simple. Make sure that you fail forward. Paul says, one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. I want to promise you something. If you rearrange and reset your life to pursue the ultimate goal of Christ, if you do that, I promise you, you will have failures. You say, well, why? I cannot tell you how many times my friend Keith Turner raised the mark on the backboard and failed. Week after week after week to the point, I would see him dejected, but he never gave up. He knew that if he just stayed with it, the time will come when he will reach the next level. Can I ask you something? How many times have you started your devotional life? I'm going to do it. I'm going to do what Pastor Jeff says. Two weeks later, it's gone. How many times have you prioritized godly things? How many times have you intended to get your house in order? Have you committed to live a holy life? How many times have you promised God you're not going to do that thing that you know you shouldn't be doing anymore? Only a couple of days later, here we go again. How many times have you made a promise with great intentions that you are going to pursue God more than anything else? How many times? Do you know why you failed? Part of the reason is that Paul tells us in Ephesians 6, your enemy is pretty powerful. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against authorities, against the powers of this dark world. Your enemy is powerful. Well, what do I do then? What's the secret, Pastor Jeff? Paul said, one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. That means he failed too. The sin is not in the failure. You're in the flesh. Your enemy is powerful. You're going to have setbacks. And they're usually going to happen primarily through distractions of lesser loves. There are going to be times in your life you get distracted by the fluent world system who offers other things to you. Failure will come. 
but you can decide whether you fell backward or forward. I don't know if you know who Jonas Salk is, but he discovered the polio vaccine. Uh, But he failed over 200 times on his way to his discovery. And a reporter once asked him, Mr. Salk, how did it feel to fail 200 times? Salk's response was this, I never failed 200 times in anything in my life. In my family, we were taught not to use the word fail. I just discovered 200 ways how not to invent a vaccine for polio. Somebody once asked Winston Churchill, what most prepared you to lead Great Britain all alone for a while against Nazi Germany? Churchill's response was, well, there was a time that I had to repeat a grade in the English equivalent of elementary school. The reporter quickly fired back, you mean you failed a grade in elementary school? Churchill's response, I never failed anything in my life. I was given a second opportunity to get it right. So if it took Jonas Salk 200 times to come up with the vaccination for polio, was Jonas Salk a failure? Churchill flunked a grade in elementary school. Was Winston Churchill a failure? The Chicago Cubs, how many years between their World Series? 108. Were they a failure? Yes, but that's a bad example. You know the point. The sin is not in the failure. The sin is giving up. When apathy sets in, when you forget I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, when you forget greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. So this is our opportunity, folks. We're on this great journey. Reset, reset. Don't keep doing the same things expecting a different result. Make a decision now. You've had the wrong goal. And that's why you're frustrated. And that's why you're falling into bed at night, totally frustrated, weary, tired, and accomplishing nothing. Change the goal. Aim for heaven and get earth thrown in. Press into the goal by your daily habits, by your devotional life, by walking and talking with God, by worship music, by setting your mind on the higher things. And whatever you do, make sure you fail forward so that all these things will be added to you. Start well, but finish even better. Now, one last thing. While you're resetting, you got to remember something. Now, focus in here. Please take a deep breath right now and listen to what I'm about to say. There is a calling on your life that most of us will never achieve. Oh, Pastor Jeff, why do you have to be the bearer of such bad news? Because I'm trying desperately to wake you up. You're missing out. And the reason we will not achieve that high calling that gives us the ultimate sense of accomplishment and satisfaction and significance is because we will refuse to seek first the kingdom of God. And as a result, the power and the wisdom of God needed to experience the quantum leap never comes. Mediocrity is much like a pandemic. When you're living it, there seems to be no end in sight, but very few people are willing to do what is required to achieve that greatness. You know, as I said earlier, just stay with me. Ravi Zacharias is with Jesus now, and I will forever be grateful. His life may have ended, but his influence will go on forever. His words will echo through the halls of eternity. Can I tell you something about Dr. Zacharias? I have met a lot of leaders in my lifetime. I have never met a man with a greater intellect and at the same time a pastoral heart. I've met intelligent, educated men, but not with the pastoral heart that Dr. Zacharias maintained throughout the course of his life. If you would have met Dr. Ravi Zacharias, you would have realized he could have used that intellect to gain the world. 
If he hadn't been a Christian, he would be even more well-known. He would have gained stored up resources, all the houses, all the cars, everything. But he decided instead to give the gift that he had received back to the giver. And God, as a result, injected him with the spirit of God, put an anointing on his life, and Ravi Zacharias changed the world. But don't you realize the same calling is on your life? And that if you would give what God has given to you back to the Father and would pursue him above and beyond anything else, through the daily habits of your life, and even through failures, never giving up, do you realize there's greatness in you? Don't you realize there's a slam dunk in every single Christ follower? I think somehow we've forgotten the transformative power of Jesus. Ravi Zacharias once told me about an experience he had while he was in Iraq. He had met a man in Iraq who had been totally changed, transformed by the grace and the power of Jesus Christ. Before he was a Christ follower, he was actually an assassin, a hired gun who for money would murder people who stood in the way of empires. Well known, until one day he walked in a hotel room, broke open the door, and killed a man. And just a moment after, a little four-year-old boy that the killer had not seen came out from under the covers, saw what had happened, and said to the hired killer, where's my daddy? Where's my daddy? The hired killer didn't know what to do, how to respond. So he looked at the boy and he said, well, your dad has gone to paradise. And the little boy got out of bed, walked over to the hired gun, grabbed his hand and looked up into his eyes and said, sir, would you take me to paradise too? The hired killer said he went out onto a trash heap and just sat there for hours weeping and crying as he had discovered the man he had become. And he talks about that he started having a dream. And the dream, he said, was Jesus coming to him and saying to him, you've been called to a purpose far greater than this one. And after months and months of the dream, he actually bent his knee, gave his life to Christ, and now works for Samaritan's Purse all throughout the Eastern world. Now you think about this for a minute. A hired killer, a killer becomes a healer. One who took life now gives life to address the most incurable disease. And I'm just thinking if God can do that with a hired gun, what on earth could he do with you? If you would seek first the kingdom of God, think about all these things are added unto you. D.L. Moody said, the world has yet to see what God can do with a man fully consecrated to him. And he said, by God's help, I am to be that man. This is the gift of reset. You can do it. Don't go back to the old way when we go out of isolation, running here and there and falling into bed, totally tired and weary, not sure what you've accomplished. Start again, push the reset button. And as we look at these characters in the weeks to come, learn, glean from them. This is the word of God. And this mediocre life that you're in can become extraordinary. When you change your ultimate goal, you experience the byproducts. Pursue heaven, get earth thrown in. Press into the goal with daily habits. 
Harness the wisdom and the power of God for daily success. And when you do fail, because you will, you're in the flesh, fail forward, receive the grace of God and keep going strong. And if you will do that, the mediocre life that you're now living will fade and you will begin to shine with the glory of God because your life will reflect the goodness and the power and the wisdom of God. Amen? Father, I thank you and praise you for all of your goodness. And I ask you in Christ's name, that you would come into our lives in a very special way that maybe our eyes would be open just now. Father, help us to see that the things we're chasing after are the byproducts of a greater pursuit. That if we'll lean into it and press into the great pursuit, if we aim at heaven, that earth will be thrown in. And when we fail, never to give up, but to fail forward knowing that one day we'll wake up and we will realize we have become the person that we always truly wanted to be. And we would have gained the things, eternal things, that we always wanted to gain. In Christ's name, amen. Thanks for joining us on Today with Jeff Vines. That was Reset Your Life, How to Achieve the Ultimate Goal, to Pursue and Continue to Pursue Jesus. I hope you can join us next time when we'll hear another message about resetting from Pastor Jeff. Today with Jeff Vines, just another way vision is connecting faith to your life. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.